98K News. It's one o'clock on Ben Chade. Headlines. The government says it's extending its universal voluntary testing scheme for coronavirus by four days. Bars slam the government for keeping them closed, but not restaurants. And operators of children's gyms also call on the government to allow them to resume business. And UN special rapporteurs on human rights warn that the SER's new national security law poses a serious risk to the city's freedoms and breaches international legal obligations. The government's extending its universal voluntary testing scheme for coronavirus by four days until next Friday. Officials say some 520,000 people have been tested so far, with nearly 920,000 making bookings. Although the scheme has only uncovered two new COVID-19 patients so far, officials have denied that this means it's ineffective, warning that a single patient could lead to an outbreak. Here's Health Minister Sophia Chan. This is very important for the control and prevention of the entire epidemic and also important for us to prepare for the next wave in the winter. I think it is very worthwhile, even if we can find one positive case, and I think there may be more, that we understand better the situation, even if it is a negative number, that it is also an important number. The government says that 19 out of more than 140 testing centres which have seen lower usage rates will not be part of the extended tests. An infectious disease expert says it's understandable that laboratories involved in the citywide COVID-19 tests need to run for a time before they can hit their full capacity of 300,000 specimens a day. Dr. Leung Chi Chu, the chairman of the Medical Association's Advisory Committee on Communicable Diseases, was commenting after officials said that about 128,000 specimens had been tested since testing began on Tuesday. However, Dr. Leung also said it's important for labs to speed up and aim to supply results within 24 hours. Without uh, time markers, even for those who are found to be UKS positive, some of them might have already passed the infectious period. And for those who are still within the infectious period, uh, we may uh, just have uh, an average of three to four days left in, in that period. If we have a delayed test result for up to three days after the result uh, is available, uh, in fact, we may have missed the large part of the infection period, and that will waste our testing effort. Separately, the Hong Kong Bar and Club Association has accused the government of having double standards by allowing restaurants to operate for longer but not allowing bars to reopen. While the dine-in period at eateries has been extended for one hour until 10pm today, bars are still required to close. The vice chairman of the association, Ching Chen Wing, says it's unfair that restaurants are allowed to keep selling food and alcohol while bars that just sell alcohol are forced to close. He accused the government of bias. Operators of indoor playgrounds and entertainment centres for children are demanding to be allowed to reopen, saying it's unfair that they have to stay shut while fitness centres and massage parlours can take in customers again from today. They've proposed stepping up hygiene precautionary measures, including providing disposable gloves to customers and running at half capacity. They also promise to seal off high-risk areas such as ball pits. Alan Tang is a spokesman for the Hong Kong Family Entertainment Center's Trade Association. To compare with other operators or other places, why our, our risk is a little bit lower or uh, lower than their operations? I think the most important point is uh, we can always wear masks and 
no direct contact. This is the main point. You see the massage, they have to personal touch. And for those restaurants, customer has to be removed their masks to take food. A local publisher has predicted that the annual book fair in December would be desolated by the pandemic and a weak economy. The event was originally scheduled for July, but postponed and will now run from December 16th to 22nd. Jimmy Pang, a spokesperson for the 2020 Hong Kong Book Fair Concern Group, says he expects the number of visitors to drop by up to 40% because the event isn't being held during the summer break. He says crowd control measures would also restrict visitor numbers. Mr. Pang said people's spending power would be weakened because of rising unemployment. So far, only 140 exhibitors have signed up for the book fair, compared to the more than 600 that had done so in previous years. UN human rights experts have told Beijing that its national security law for Hong Kong breaches its international legal obligations and expressed concern that it could be used to prosecute political activists. Richard Pine has the details. The human rights experts raised their concerns about the national security law in a 14-page open letter sent to the Chinese government. They write that the law infringes on certain fundamental legal rights and say it should not be used to restrict or limit freedoms, including the right to freedom of opinion, expression and of peaceful assembly. The experts also wrote of their concern that the law could be used to prosecute the legitimate activities of political activists and human rights defenders in the SAR. They called for a fully independent review of the law to make sure that it does comply with China's human rights obligations. The law was introduced on June the 30th and criminalizes secession, subversion, terrorism and colluding with foreign forces. Critics have argued the law is a further erosion of the freedoms promised to Hong Kong under the one country, two systems principle. But authorities in the SAR and Beijing insist the law is needed to ensure the city's long-term stability and prosperity. President Trump and Joe Biden have demonstrated their sharply contrasting approaches to the unrest across the United States prompted by police violence towards unarmed black Americans. Mr. Trump told an election campaign rally in Pennsylvania that he wanted to prosecute those involved in the unrest, who he described as domestic terrorists. He accused his Democrat challenger of wanting to appease them. Mr. Biden visited Wisconsin, where a black man, Jacob Blake, was shot in the back by police last week. He met Mr. Blake's family and spoke to him on the phone. He's out of ICU. We spoke for about uh, 15 minutes. His brother and two sisters, his dad and his mom on the telephone. He talked about how nothing was going to defeat him. How... Whether he walked again or not, he was not going to give up. An American academic whose work focuses on Africa and the African diaspora has admitted that she lied about being black. Jessica Krug, an associate professor at George Washington University, admitted that she was in fact a white Jewish woman from Kansas City. The BBC's Nomia Iqbal reports. Jessica Krug said she had falsely assumed identities for much of her life. The historian describes some of those identities as North African blackness and US-rooted blackness. The case is very similar to Rachel Dolezal, an American civil rights activist who claimed to be black but was revealed as white in 2015. Jessica Krug blames her childhood trauma but says that doesn't justify her violence, thievery and appropriation as she describes it. Her university has said it's aware of the post but can't comment. 
Facebook has announced a series of measures aimed at reducing misinformation and interference in the U.S. presidential votes. New political adverts will be blocked in the week before the election, and posts trying to dissuade people from casting the ballots will be removed. The social media platform will also label any attempts by candidates to declare victory before the final results are in. The new measures were announced by Facebook's chairman and CEO Mark Zuckerberg. If people post content that broadly is trying to delegitimize the outcome of the election, um, either by by saying things like like voting by mail will 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 definitely lead to fraud, um, or uh, you know other things that basically undermine um, these democratic principles of uh, methods of voting that we know are safe, then we're just going to add some context to those posts. South Korea, a country widely praised for containing the coronavirus, has put its capital city into near lockdown after a surge in cases. Businesses in Seoul have been forced to close at certain times. Schools have been shut and 25 million people have been urged to stay at home in what has been branded a week of standstill. The current outbreak has spread partly through right-wing churches whose followers believe they have been infected as part of a government conspiracy. The Brazilian government says more than 4 million people are now infected with the coronavirus since the pandemic began. The BBC's Katie Watson in Sao Paulo has more. Brazil is still the worst-hit country after the U.S. in terms of both fatalities and infections. But after a long period of consistently high numbers, the death toll from COVID-19 seems to be easing and the transmission rate falling. It's early days, though, and numbers still remain high. On Thursday, more than 40,000 new infections were recorded and 834 people died. Meanwhile, Rio's beaches are filling up, shops and restaurants have reopened across the country, and most people have returned to work. So experts have cautioned against declaring that the worst is over. Search teams looking for victims of last month's huge blast in the Lebanese capital, Beirut, say they've detected possible signs of life in a collapsed building. Rescuers detected movements under rubble in a residential area. About 190 people died in the blast. The BBC's Orla Guerin has more. As the evening wore on, they were making certain progress, but at a key moment they decided they had to pull out because they were very concerned that a remaining wall in this structure was going to come right down. So at that stage, the Chilean team said they would finish for the evening and come back tomorrow and try and find a solution for that, and they left. But I have to say the mood changed here on the street quite quickly. Local people gathered a small number but very, very angry, uh, screaming and begging for the search to continue. To currencies, the U.S. dollar is trading at 106.15 yen. The euro is standing at 1 U.S. dollar and 18 cents. And the pound is worth 10 Hong Kong dollars and 29 cents. And a short time ago, the Hang Seng Index stood at 24,551. That's 456 points down from the previous close. Turnover is $98.3 billion. And now it's time for sports with Atom Jang.
We start with tennis at the U.S. Open, where the home favorite Serena Williams stormed into the third round, beating Russia's Margarita Gasparian in straight sets. That sets up an All-American showdown against Sloane Stephens. On Tuesday, Williams broke Chris Everett's record of 101 first-round wins and Grand Slams. But her focus remains the overall tournament itself and matching Margaret Court's record of 24 major victories. I don't think I appreciate it enough, um, which is unfortunate, but I'm in the middle of a Grand Slam, so it's not the time to be focused for me on records when I'm thinking about um, winning a tournament. The U.S. number two seed Sophia Kennan, who's the reigning Australian Open champion, beat Canada's Leila Fernandez 6-4, 6-3. And Andy Murray's U.S. Open has ended. Coming off a five-set win in his opening round, Murray lost 6-2, 6-3, 6-4 to Canada's Felix Auger-Aliassimi. In the NBA, the Toronto Raptors revived their playoff campaign thanks to a miracle shot by OG Ananobi. With a half second remaining, the British forward nailed a walk-off three to give the defending champions a crucial Game 3 victory, 104-103 over the Boston Celtics, whose lead in their second-round series is trimmed to 2-1. Kyle Lowry, who made the inbound pass to set up the game-winning shot, said Anunobi was not their first option. It was a play designed for Freddie uh, to come off in the corner. And uh, my second option was Pascal, but we know Boston does a great job on their inbounds, and you know Coach Stevens is one hell of a you know ATO offensive and defensive guy. So me, uh, Mark made a step, and I was just waiting, just waiting to the right moment. And I seen uh, Jalen Brown step up a little bit on Mark, and I just had to make a precise pass to uh, a heck of a, a shooter, an OG, and uh, OG's been shooting the ball extremely well. And um, that, that's the type of moment where, um, you know, that, that, that even kill attitude, you know, stay calm moment, he's built, built for that. The Denver Nuggets suffered a humbling defeat to start the second round of their series against the LA Clippers. The Clippers won 120-92 behind 29 points from Kawhi Leonard. On the ice, the Vancouver Canucks have avoided elimination for a second straight game. They beat the Vegas Golden Knights 4-0 to force a Game 7 in their second-round NHL playoff series. Thatcher Demko, in only his second career playoff game, stopped 48 shots for the shutout. In the East, the Philadelphia Flyers and the New York Islanders will go to a seventh game. Ivan Pavarov scored in double overtime to give the Flyers a 5-4 win. And that's your look at sports. Thanks, Atom. And to end the news, the top stories once again. The government says it's extending its universal voluntary testing scheme for coronavirus by four days. Bars slammed the government for keeping them closed, but not restaurants. And operators of children's gyms also call on the government to allow them to resume business. And UN special rapporteurs on human rights warned that the SAR's new national security law poses a serious risk to the city's freedoms and breaches international legal obligations. The news from RTHK. The Building Minor Works Amendment Regulation 2020 is now in effect. Owners or tenants may now put up minor amenity features such as trellises, retractable awnings and security fences with simplified requirements under the Minor Works Control System. For more details, browse the Buildings Department website 
at bd.gov.hk or download the MinorWorks mobile application. show on RTHK Radio 3. I'm Cruz McCalligan and it is my honour to be in the hot seat for Noreen Mir this afternoon here on RTHK. 
We've got a fun Friday show for you today, and I'm super excited about it. Um, we're going to start with a bit of a peek behind the curtain in Tinseltown. We're going to be chatting to Christoph Zajak Denek, who is an actor, drummer, surfer, and podcaster, to find out how difference can be a strength in Hollywood and how LA has been faring with COVID-19. Then, after two, we're chatting to chat, chatting what I like to think of as sugar and spice and everything nice with Sunit Datani from Regency Spices, who's going to be giving us the lowdown on how to season like you mean it. But for now, we're going to go to a couple of tracks. This is JTX and Love in America. Top down, it's raining out. Yeah, I got the music loud. Meet me underneath the IHOP sign. Off of work, I got your text. Let me be a cigarette. We'll do it like Madonna and Amy. 